think we've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding, the world is going to know it. We rock it like you're never going to see us again. It is 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, April 24th, 2012. Welcome once again to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. We are back. And we out of your homes. Back out of our homes, live to do another show. My tag team partner, as always, is David Gomez. Sir, how are you doing this evening? Sir, are you there? E.G.? E.G.? Some technical difficulties, of course. Joe, can you hear me? there. Yeah. Hello, Joe. E.G. Can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. I don't know what's going on here, folks, but... We're out of the studio, and we were still having technical difficulties. And unfortunately, as Joe already alluded to, we are indeed and we, out of your homes. Yes. Out of our homes. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, it wouldn't be PJ without some technical difficulties. Uh, you have a show on the Internet? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yes, it's Mike. called Pure Gold, Mike. Sir, how are you doing this evening? Doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, not in the studio, but hey, uh... What are you going to do? Have some guts! Show some guts! Well, you know, that was a little shout-out to our producer, Alex, who's not operating the board tonight. So, sir, let's give out the contact information. Seven two one. But contact information, folks, if you'd like to call 714-364-4721, check out our website, com, or you can find our YouTube, our Facebook, our Twitter, and all that other goodness, the goodness, as it were, where you can follow the greatest show on earth. Tibby? Thank you, sir. Tonight on the program, we will be discussing the NFL draft that's coming up this weekend. Actually, it starts Thursday night now. We're so used to starting it on Saturday. But now the NFL draft the last couple of years have started on Thursday night. We'll discuss that with our friend, our colleague, our buddy, Todd, TJ, Todd Johnstone. We'll be breaking down some WWE Raw from last night and preview Extreme Rules. We'll talk about some Mets, even though we don't want to. We'll talk some Yankees, even though we don't want to. And we'll talk some entertainment with Hans, who always breaks down the latest entertainment in movies and TV shows. But before we get underway, sir, you already gave up the contact information, and you already told me how you're doing, so let's get the show on the road, shall we? Yes, sir, indeed. Uh, let's do that. Like I said, technical difficulties should be the middle name of the show, because that's all the show is about, is about technical difficulties. Um, that's, so, so that's why we, we make the big bucks. <laughs> that's why we make the big bucks. You know, sir... We haven't had this guy on for a while, and I already see he's on hold. I know he's a very busy guy lately. Many things to do. I think it's only best that we get to him right away and let him talk about the NFL draft that's coming up in a couple of days and break down that for us. We welcome in, once again, our third member of Pure Gold family, 
TJ, Mr. Todd Johnstone, sir. How are you this, doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you guys tonight? Good, sir. We're, um, you know, as we alluded to uh, to start the show, technical difficulties, and we are, yes. <laughs> and we are out of your homes. Yes. <laughs> out of our homes. And uh, you have a show on the Internet. But you know, let's get some let's get down some some serious business. The NFL draft is only a few days away, and it's a foregone conclusion. I think it's already been known that Andrew Luck is going to be pick number one. So I want you to break down just for us the top five picks for the pure gold audience, and let us know what you think the Giants and the Jets will be doing. Well, I like you said, I, I actually think that the uh, I thought I saw uh, this afternoon on Yahoo Sports that. Uh, Colts GM actually has come out and said that they are indeed picking Andrew Luck, but uh, <laughs> Greg, Cos- what's his name, Cosell is still insisting that they're going to take uh, RG3. I think he's kind of out of his mind. But oh, speaking boy. of RG3, I think he's going to go to the Skins. Uh, I think that that is also a no-brainer that they need a quarterback very badly, and that uh, if there's one thing we know about the quarterbacks that they have, Rex Grossman is not going to get it done for you. Uh, the Vikings at three. I'm thinking Matt Khalil, the offensive tackle from USC. Um, I, th- I really think that this top five is really a no-brainer. I think that my my 14-year-old daughter could pick this top five again, um, <laughs> as she has in the past. <laughs> she actually picked the six picks in the, uh, the 2007 or 2008 draft. I forget which one it was. She picked the first six in a row. She did better than anybody else. Right. The uh, the Browns at four, I think, running back Trent Richardson from uh, Alabama. Uh, the Bucks at five. At cornerback, I'm taking Boris Claiborne from LSU. I think that those top fives are la 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 lag it up. I think they're very simple picks. Right. And, you know, being Jeff fan, do you think that the Jets are going to uh, draft offense or draft defense? Well, I mean, if it was, if it was me, if it was me in the draft room, you know, I would really like to see them get a, uh, a pass rusher. You know, I've only been asking for one for like five years now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see them get maybe like 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 Courtney Upshaw from Alabama. I think that he could give them a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. If he's not available, you know, maybe wide receiver uh, Michael Floyd from Notre Dame, because even though they signed. Um, uh, that kid from, what's his name, uh, Chaz Schlenz, Schlenz or something like that from the Raiders. And they brought back Pat Turner, which I thought was good moves. I thought they were good moves. But neither one of those guys is ready to be a number two. And maybe this kid, Malcolm Floyd, if all the if all the press on him is as good as he's supposed to be, you know, maybe he could be a number two. Right. Um, I like uh, uh, that guard, Kevin uh, Zelliter from Wisconsin in the second round. I'd like to see him. Maybe he could push uh, either Brandon Moore or uh, Slauson a little bit, get those guys to kind of understand that, you know, hey, you're the starter. If you're not going to play hard, then you're going to get replaced. Right. Um, Brandon Taylor, safety from, uh, from LSU, maybe in the second round if he's still around. I kind of like that kid. I think that he's good. Um, I mean, always – you know, Rex loves cornerbacks, you know, and especially since rumors are bound that that idiot Revis is going to hold out again. 
Well, that's what I was going to get to. Um, I just heard about this today. What is up with that? Um, what's the holdout this year? I I actually heard about this. Uh, I heard rumors about it yesterday. And uh, rumors are that he's going to hold out for another contract. I, I just, you know, at this point, I mean, we talked about this when he held out, what was that, two years ago? Uh, it was two years ago, yep. It was two years ago. And, and we both, I think we both agreed then that if he wants to sit out, sit out. Go right ahead. And I feel the same way now. If Revis wants to sit out, sit out. That's, that's how I feel about it. There's no money. There's no money, Darrell. I know you're listening to the show because you only listen to quality sports programming. There is no money, Darrell. Get the camp. I mean, it's not even like he had a stellar year. I mean, that, right. that, that year when he held out two years ago, you know, I mean, he was, he was absolutely a contender for, for defensive player of the year. Last year, he was mediocre at best. He had his right. worst season as an NFL pro. You didn't want another contract? You're damn crazy. You owe us money. From two Jeff fans? From two Jeff fans? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! God. Go ahead, DJ. So, Todd, uh, I read read online uh, in Yahoo Sports, I forget where it was, where Revis wanted a new contract, which is obviously what you were talking about. I didn't really look into it too much. Um, So you're saying he had a bad year. How do you feel in general, about guys and uh, the fact that they want new contracts, want to renegotiate. I mean, I have my opinions on it, but since you're you're a big football fan, I'd like to know, how does that sit well with you, sir, whether it's your team or not? All right, well, let, let me put it to you this way. If you're Matt Forte and you made $600,000 and you have obviously outplayed your contract, then you, to me, you have the right to, to, to maybe sit out of camp and, uh, and, and fight for a new contract. If you're a guy like Darrell Revis, and you're making multi-million dollar contract, and you're not performing, you don't have the right. You absolutely do not. You have a contract, you play your contract. Now, I know that that's very contradictory to saying that if, you know, I mean, there are guys who are making minimum wage, so to speak, in the NFL who are playing their hearts out, who can't seem to get more money, you know, or at least competitive money that they deserve. But for a guy like Darrell Revis or the like, to be sitting out because they don't think that they're getting paid what they're worth. Well, you know, stats don't lie. You stunk last year. Darrell Revis? Go to hell! Exactly. Definitely. Now, we do, have, we do have another New York team. I mean, we are the circus. I've, I've officially called the Jets the circus of the New York teams. And, you know, we have uh, the team, the other team. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're the uh, defending Super Bowl champions. How, what will they draft, sir, in the first round? At number thirty-two. Well, I mean, them picking up them picking up Bennett from uh, from Dallas at tight end kind of shores that up a little bit. Um, right tackle. I mean, if they're not going to bring back Kareem McKenzie, or if um, Brewer, that that kid that they picked up last year in the fourth round, if if that kid's not ready to step up, or if McKenzie's not coming back, they got to draft the tackle. Um, wide receiver. They need a, uh, a number three. With Mario Manningham going to San Francisco, maybe a late round, later round wide receiver, um, linebacker, that guy uh, Herslick, is that is, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, the one with the, the titanium rod in his leg. I mean, he's a great story and all, and he played pretty well last year. But you know, he's going to definitely have some competition this year. That's for sure. And um, I would say cornerback too, with uh, Ross heading out to Jacksonville. Cornerback's going to need addressing as well. 
Who are they going to pick? Your guess is as good as mine. But, right. you know, I mean, they don't have a tremendous amount of need. They've got some holes. They need more depth than anything else because, I mean, that's, that's been the giant strength over the years is that they have drafted for depth more than immediate need. I mean, they've got a couple of immediate needs, but nothing really that dire. I mean, it's kind of situational. You know, it's like I said, if they bring back Kareem McKenzie, then fine. Right tackle is fine. Right. <laughs> if this kid hurts like if he plays as, as well as he did last year, maybe he can be a starter in a rotation, something like that. But, you know, the Jets are a different story. You know, we're all it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, we need something now, 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 now. We're the Giants. You know, we're drafting for depth. So. <laughs> now let me ask you this, though, Todd, before I let you go. Um, since the draft now starts on Thursday night, does your traditions from watching the draft change now that they're on Thursday nights as opposed to Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoon? Well, it makes it a little bit more interesting. I mean, because you know, when you only get to watch one round the first night and then two rounds the second night, you know, it's it's hard for me to get as as into it. You know what I mean? Because you know, I get to my pick at sixteen. And then it's like, okay, and then I'm, you know, because I watch nearly every pick. But I don't get as ramped up, you know. Okay, first round is over. Here comes the second round. What are we doing now? Now it carries over to the next day. I might get a little bit of that on Friday night with second and third round, maybe a little bit on Saturday. But, yeah, it does change things because, to me, drawing, it's like stretching it over those days and drawing it out, it doesn't, it doesn't help for me. I mean, I understand what the NFL is trying to do. They're trying to brand themselves. They want to stretch it out over days so that they can get advertising, et cetera, and so on. Uh, for me, it, it, I liked it better the old way. I liked it better right. when it started on Saturday morning, and there I was in my jersey and my pajamas with a bowl of potato chips watching the draft. Nice. I liked it better that way. That's actually what I'm doing right now, eating potato chips, listening to Todd talk. There you go. See it, it figures. <laughs> Final question, because we know you have a busy day tomorrow morning, TJ. One last question. Did you look at, I mean, everyone's talking about the schedule. Everyone's talking about the Giants' schedule, how hard it is. And to be honest with you, when you're the Super Bowl defending champions, your schedule should be the hardest schedule on the, uh, of all the teams. Uh, so do you have any complaints or beefs about our schedule, or do you have any um, overall feedback on the schedule in, 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 as a whole? I think our schedule is right smack dab in the middle. Uh, I uh, the Giants definitely have got the, the hardest schedule. There's, there's no question there. But when I right. look at our schedule, you know, we're not exactly facing a lot of Pro Bowl quarterbacks here. Yeah. True. And, uh, you know, I kind of like that road to the Super Bowl. I All right, like sir. I like to play a lot of uh, bad quality football teams. Right. <laughs> there you go. Sir, as always, it's been a pleasure. We know you have a busy day tomorrow. We want to wish you the best of luck here at Pure Gold and, uh, you know, you. break it down. Right on, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good night, everybody. Enjoy the draft. No need to much. Have a good night, sir. Thanks for joining Thanks. us, Todd. Appreciate it. Folks, that was the one and only Todd Johnston breaking down some NFL drafts coming up this Thursday in two days. And we will see how how well the Giants and Jets both do draft because it's always a crapshoot if you ask me. And as for that, sir, we will take a break and we'll be back in a few minutes. This is Josh Eisenberg from ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio.
Thanks, Josh, and welcome back to Pure Gold. We are coming to you live out of our homes tonight, sir, April 24th, 2012. Talked about some NFL draft to start the show. Let's move on and talk about some WWE. Last night, Monday Night Raw, sir, I guess it's a three-hour show, and you know how we feel about the three-hour shows. Why don't you just break down how a three-hour show just doesn't make sense for Monday Night Raw, sir? Well, sir, you guess it was a three-hour show? It was a little bit. Actually, it was almost three and a half hours, believe it or not. Was it really that long? Yeah. I mean, John Cena's promo with Brock Lesnar at the end, I think the Raw went off off the air at 11.21, I believe. Wow, that's long. Um, well, you know, we talked about this off the air today. The truth of the matter is we both feel the same way. These three-hour shows are terrible. Considering there's no draft, there's no reason to have a draft now that um, John Laurinaitis runs both shows. It doesn't make any sense. A three-hour, I mean, the draft shows are kind of cool. You know, I, you and I were always a fan of those to kind of see what would happen. But we're at the point now with everything going on, and again, with the one general manager, it's just a three-hour show does not make any sense unless you're doing an old-school Raw. And I know the old-school SmackDown was not successful whatsoever. It was pretty much ripped from pillar to post. But to have shows like this where nothing happens, I like the whole Brock Lesnar thing. I know a lot of people are down on him because of his quote-unquote mic skills. And, uh, you know, the only thing I have to say to those people is, where have you been with Randy Orton? Orton is, is the absolute worst, and I mean the worst out there in terms of mic skills at, at the main event level. And people love him, and people think he's so great, but when it comes to Brock Lesnar, they're ripping him a new one, and Brock sucks, and this and that. I honestly don't understand that, sir. I really don't. Well, yeah, I mean, just in general, last night's Raw was... I think more of a set the stage for the pay per view that's a Sunday Extreme Rules, um, and you know I, I disagree with you, sir, because they had already set the stage. I think last night's Raw, I think the pay per view would have been better served last week than this week because last night's Raw pretty much just tread water. That whole field sobriety test thing with Punk and Jericho was kind of cool. It was different, but other than that, I mean, we got nothing out of the Cena Lesnar feud. Uh, we literally got nothing. So what was the point of that whole last segment, sir? Well, let me ask you, Let's uh, before we get to that last segment, did, were you surprised, unless you read about this on the Internet, because, you know, you are a fiend on the Internet reading about spoilers, were you surprised that, that Edge showed up last night? I was surprised. I had no idea he was going to be there, sir. And what did you think of his um, little speech, his little motivational speech to Mr. John Cena? I thought it was great. I thought it, it really served the fact that Lesnar is not, a, you know, it, I think what the WWE is doing is they're really playing up the fact that Brock Lesnar is kind of a selfish dude and it's kind of known out there. People have heard the talk. People have heard, you know, all the demands. The fact that he has uh, sponsors on his clothing, which has never been done before. The fact that he has sponsors on his shorts and his ring gear and all that other stuff. I really believe that the people, you know, power to the people. I think that what they're doing is they're really just playing up that fact, sir. And the truth of the matter is that what Edge said last night really underscores and kind of, you know, really, I guess you could say oversimplifies that people think that of Brock Lesnar, and it's true. Wrestling is not his passion. It was never his passion. He's just on to the next challenge, and I think he's back in the WWE to kind of, you know, make things happen and make a name again for himself, add to the legend he built in the UFC in the short time he was there. So what Edge said, it was good because Cena is very passionate about wrestling, and we all know that. Passionate to a fault because we all kind of loathe him, but, you know, that's besides the point. Um, the truth of the matter is that 
that's what they're building on. That's what they're doing. So everything Edge said fit in perfectly. Everything he said was just a perfect foil for uh, Mr. John Cessna there. I thought it was uh, – I think, definitely think it's interesting. But let me ask you, what did you think of that whole segment? The beginning or the end? No, the beginning of the Edge segment. Oh, yeah, I was totally surprised because I just have no time these days to read about what's going on on the Internet. Like, you know, I, can't, I couldn't tell you that Edge was going to be there. I had no idea. I had I, I thought that, like, they were going to announce that he was, like, the special referee or something uh, for this match. But, you know, I thought that it was a pretty good speech. Um, I don't understand why, they. you know, you need to have Edge interject his two cents. The, the, I thought the, the the biggest thing that I caught from it had nothing to do with the whole the whole angle between John Cena and Brock Lesnar is the fact that he let the fans know that he only has a couple more days under a WWE contract. I thought that was interesting. Well, the reason he did that is because that is true. Apparently, the WWE was very upset that it leaked. Somehow, someway, <laughs> that got out there. But, you know, there's been some rumors that the WWE tried to lowball him or whatever. But, I mean, he's not an on-air talent anymore. He just kind of, he's a guy that shows up. You know, the fans care about him because he had a, a great run in the WWE. But, honestly, Edge can't wrestle anymore, so what good is he? I've heard that there's a chance he may end up uh, at some point GM of SmackDown or whatever the case is. But let's be honest, sir. What's the point of, of Edge and him, if he's there to renegotiate a contract? I mean, who cares? Right. Um, so... Do you think he shows up at all at the pay-per-view, Does, or he just was there just for one night only? No, I think he was there one night only, and I think it's what I said, uh, renegotiating the contract, and that's pretty much it. But it was nice just to say he was in the building, and they did that whole little little spiel. I mean, I thought that was well played. Like I said, Edge is a popular guy, and you know, having him there it was good. Him and Cena did have quite the rivalry, a good rivalry, as a matter of fact. I'd have to say it was probably Cena's best. So that part of it was interesting, sir. And then since we're on the, the whole John Cena, Brock Lesnar, we could fast forward to the end of the show because apparently Raw was supposed to start the show with the contract signing. Brock Lesnar decided not to show up until later, so the, the show ended with the, the contract signing. But as Brock Lesnar was introduced by John Laurinaitis, he did not come out. So Brock Lesnar had a heart-to-heart with our new GM of both Raw and SmackDown. And let him know that you know we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna make my own rules I'm gonna do what I want when I want I'm the rebel I'm the one that's gonna kick butt I don't want to say the a word but sir I mean this is where I I I will disagree with you on air just like I did today during the production meeting I don't understand why Brock Lesnar and you could you could tell us again tell me again why Brock Lesnar needs to be even more heel than the GM that's heel. Well, I don't even think it's so... See, this is why I disagree with you, and I think you're a complete and utter buffoon. I don't think it's so much Brock being quote-unquote heel. It's just Brock being who he is, Brock being a selfish guy, Brock being somebody who's all about Brock, somebody who doesn't care about the fans, somebody who's all about the money. And that, that was his whole motivation. He just wanted to get paid. And they're really playing up that fact. And honestly, I like it because it's realistic. It's a realistic angle. It's a realistic... You know, to show that this is the way this guy is. He doesn't care about anything or anyone. And I mean, I'm sure it's uh, overdone a bit, but the truth is that WWE is tapping into real life with him. He's there to bring legitimacy, and everything about him right now is quote-unquote legitimate there. So let's just say, you know, you, that's your theory on why, you know, Brock Lesnar cut that kind of promo with John Laurinaitis. So you're okay with the fact that 
since he's this badass, he's this rebel, he could go after like Chris Jericho next after this after this little feud with John Cena. He'll go after uh, Chris Jericho since he might be the WWE champion after this Sunday. You think that makes sense? If that's the case, then yeah. I mean, if he he's all about the money. I honestly, I don't, I don't get what you don't. I really don't understand what you don't understand, sir. Um, Lesnar, it's not, it's not even that he's being a quote unquote heel. It's that he's all about him. And the truth is, they're using this, at least trying to, and I think they're failing miserably to use this to, to help get Cena over, because Cena's quote unquote all about the company. So they're trying to get the fans to turn on Brock. And yeah, Brock is a not a good guy, um, storyline or otherwise. To the fans, but the fans like him because he's legitimate. He's legitimate BA, you know, bad, shut your mouth. That's why they like him. That's why they're drawn to him, and that's why they're not drawn to Cena. So this whole thing is it's just another way to try to get the fans to love John, and it's not working, sir. If you're going to make Brock Lesnar as bad as like you said, and he's going to be against anybody, then I want to see the WWE have the guts the intestinal fortitude to go after people like Chris Jericho, like Daniel Bryan. I want to see him go after the heels to really put him over because it makes no sense because then he, in fact, is only a heel that's going after the baby faces because if if Brock Lesnar then turns his focus to Randy Orton, for example, after this feud, then to me it's a complete sham. And your theory about this whole thing that he's above, that all he cares about is kicking people's butt is, is definitely out the window because he needs to go after people like Chris Jericho, Kane, uh, even Daniel Bryan, those type of heels if he wants to be above and beyond the company. You're, what's the point of him going after those guys? You tell me. If Jericho is champ, then by all means have Brock Lesnar feud with him. If Jericho is not champ, then what's the point? Why is he going to feud with a guy who ultimately, you know, what does he have to gain from it? I, I totally disagree with you on this. I think that he should be going after Cena. He should be going after the, the face of the company because he wants to be the face of the company because it's all about the money and that's all he wants. So by going after Cena, he's making the big bucks. He's bringing it down. He's tearing it up. F5, F-U-F, everything. That's what he's after. So why would he go after Chris Jericho unless there was something for him to gain? If Jericho is champ, by all means, have him feud with Lesnar. If not, it doesn't make any sense there. All right, sir. Let's let's break down the card this Sunday. Extreme Rules in Chicago. Should be a hot crowd. CM Punk's hometown. We're on the, we've been talking about it for the last 10 minutes, last five, 10 minutes about John Cena, Brock Lesnar. They have an Extreme Rules match. How do you think this match is going to end up? Do you think it's going to just end up in a no contest because it is Extreme Rules? Or do you think that Brock Lesnar beats John Cena and his, uh, his losing streak continues, if you will? I think Lesnar destroys Cena. I don't see how this ends other than the utter destruction of John Cena, probably with Lord Tensai and whomever else cheating to get him over. Um, you know, maybe he comes to the ring. He, maybe this is towards the end of the card. Cena comes to the ring. He's already been completely destroyed. So Lesnar just F5s him in that. I don't see any way that this thing goes all out. At least not yet. This is the kind of match you got to save for SummerSlam. you got to save for the Survivor Series. you got to save for a big pay-per-view if they're really going to have a match. But right now, Brock is just a killing machine. He can't. You can't have him get into a match with, with John Cena, a regular match. So I think that Cena's going to be taken out back behind the woodshed and shot like the old dog that he is. See, this this is why I think the WWE, I, I have a distaste, or I just do not agree with the WWE this, these days, is because for WrestleMania and for Extreme Rules, they've made their main event match 
the um, a match that's a marquee match, but it's not for the WWE title or even for the World Heavyweight, heavyweight title. I, I completely disagree with WWE booking these days and making this your main event match when I, uh, you're putting no emphasis on on CM Punk and the WWE title with Chris Jericho. Oh, you agree well, to who that? Said was, who said it was the, the main event? First of all, they call main events more than just the title matches. I mean, WrestleMania had multiple main events like you just mentioned. But who said that this is necessarily the main event of the, of the night? Because they could say that, and then it's you know the next-to-last match on the card. I don't see how you end this pay-per-view with anything other than Jericho and Punk, sir, especially after last night. I think if your theory holds correct, I think that actually John Cena and Brock Lesnar is your last match. After Brock Lesnar destroys John Cena, he goes off and just destroys everything, like, you know, a la NWO or Nexus. He just destroys the ring. He destroys the the announce table. He just goes off. He says he's the man. What the, what the hell? What are you smoking? What sense does it make to have Brock Lesnar destroy the announce table? I mean, seriously, if they're going to do it, you can't end this show, you can't end this pay-per-view with Brock beating Cena in some quick match or some random match, which is why you have to end it with uh, with what I said. you got to end this bad boy with Jericho Punk. I mean, what are you sniffing some bad glue over there? What are you talking about? <laughs> so you're telling me you're going to be actually surprised if John Cena Brock Lesnar is not the last match of the night? No, are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm going to be surprised if it is the last match of the night. It shouldn't That's be the last match of the night. The last match, of, the last match has got to be Jericho and uh, and Punk. Okay, it what if it is? What if it is the last match of the night? Well, if it is the last match of the night, and WWE has their heads up their collective rear ends, then it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you're this is what you're going to end with, and like I said, Cena's going to get destroyed. Why would you end the pay per view with that? Get in the pay per view. It's in Chicago. Heck, end the pay per view on some goodness, end it with uh, with Punk and Jericho and the Punk getting screwed out of the title, whatever the case is. Have, make that crowd piss, make them go nuts. But to, this time, this show doesn't make any sense. Well, from from not making any sense to that angle, we could go right into the WWE picture where CM Punk successfully defended his title at WrestleMania and somehow is still feuding with Chris Jericho, a la the alcoholic angle. So, you know... It makes sense that uh, these two guys are feuding at Extreme Rules in a Chicago street fight. Where do you think? I mean, where do you think this match ends up? It's a Chicago street fight. The crowd's gonna be hot, but you know Vince's formula always has the w, the the champion usually lose in their hometown. Will that formula hold true? I think it will. I, I think Jericho has to win this match because if he doesn't win this match, it makes me wonder what the hell the point was of having him come back in the first place. I mean, he's right. lost at every turn. He hasn't done anything, so he's got to he's got to win this match. And like you said, uh, Vince has a habit of having these guys lose in their hometown. So I don't see any way that uh, Punk walks out of the building with this one, sir, or out of the, you know, the Chicago dumpster, or wherever the hell this thing's gonna end up. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, uh, this is WWE logic. I mean, Punk successfully defends his title, where I thought he probably should have dropped it at at WrestleMania, and then they could have continued this feud at Extreme Rules in the Chicago Street Fight with Jericho being the champion. So I honestly don't know where this match is going to end up. I mean, I, I guess CM Punk is going to lose because it doesn't make sense, like you said, to have Chris Jericho to lose two matches in a row, two pay-per-views in a row, and not be the WWE champion. What, what was the purpose of bringing him back then? Well, I mean, I guess like the last time his, his comeback, I don't know. I mean, I've heard that his comeback isn't going to last that much longer, but I honestly, sir, I just I, I just don't see how Jericho does not win this match. If he if Punk is still champ, 
I'll be surprised. I'll tell you that much. I honestly would be surprised if Punk ends up this pay-per-view with the world title wrapped around his waist. I mean, hell, who knows? Well, He's probably going to go to the bar and get trashed afterwards. I mean, you know, for all we know. <laughs> Yeah, and then speaking of the other, you know, the other WWE, um, well, the other title match, the World Heavyweight title match. Wait a minute. Sha- wait, wait a minute. Would you wait a second? Wait a second. What did you think about the field sobriety test? At first, I really thought that they were going to play this angle where Punk was fooled by Chris Jericho and he actually did sip some beer or whatever, um, and I got really annoyed. I really thought that they were going to play this angle that, that – Punk was punked. Well, in, in fact, Punk actually punked Chris Jericho. How many times can I say punk in one sentence? Um, but, you know, the, the angle ended up being pretty good considering that Punk fooled Jericho at the end. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and a lot of people were complaining about it on Twitter, but, hell, that's all people do on Twitter anyways, complain and you know, whine and piss and moan. But I honestly believe that, yeah, this match is going to steal the show. So just like it kind of stole the show at WrestleMania, um, you know, in some aspects, I think it's going to steal the show. I think it's going to be a, a damn good pay-per-view match. And I think that, uh, you know, Jericho and Punk are going to put on quite a show for us, sir. Well, besides you and my wife, I wonder who else noticed that CM Punk recited the, the alphabet backwards but messed up with the S and the T. I would love to know, sir, because he got he did get the S. I was paying attention to it. And first of all, he was right when he was quote unquote half drunk. Who the hell can recite the alphabet backwards anyway? I know <laughs> I can't. It would take me five ten minutes to recite the alphabet backwards. I know the reason you wouldn't want him to recite it forward is because it's basically nobody ever learns the alphabet; they just learn the song. Um, I mean, if I asked you to do the alphabet, I guarantee you couldn't say it without doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It, it's just natural because you learned it when you were a kid. But right. I think that's the whole thing is ridiculous. And honestly, they should have just done that breathalyzer and. You know, whatever the case is, that would have kind of just proven it right from the beginning. But, of course, it's WWE. I, I just thought it was different, and I liked it. I liked the fact that it's nothing that we've ever seen on WWE TV before. Right. So we'll see what happens with that match. Extreme Rules moving on to the next match. That is the World Heavyweight title match between Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. Two out of three falls. Honestly, sir, I mean, they really... <laughs> they really botched the, botched it up at WrestleMania when they had Sheamus win that match in about four or five seconds, and now all of a sudden Daniel Bryan gets a two out of three falls rematch. I don't know. I, I have no interest in this feud. I have no interest in this match other than the fact that I think that Sheamus is going to retain. Um, is there anything noteworthy of this match? Well, two out of three falls match is something that I've always loved. I've always thought those are interesting because you can get a guy win. I mean, I want to be surprised. The way that WWE is booking, uh, was booking what's his face, Daniel Bryan. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Sheamus wins both falls in a row. I remember uh, there was a time I, I don't know if it was I don't think it was WrestleMania, but it's one of the pay-per-views where Chris Benoit MVP had a two out of three falls match, and Benoit lost both mat- both falls immediately to MVP, which I guess is a way to get him over. So I wouldn't be surprised if the WWE just has. Uh, Sheamus win both of them because you know I've heard this and you know I mean I I don't watch SmackDown as much as some of our other fans but I've heard people say that Sheamus isn't getting over with the audience and people don't like him etc cetera, etc cetera. so because of that I think they're looking at a way to try to get him over which is probably what they're going to end up doing here so maybe they'll do that with Sheamus and then and we'll go from there sir but uh, I mean I'm a fan of his personally I'd like to see this be a great match 
I'd like to see, you know, an amazing two out of three falls match, but I don't think that's what we're going to get. How about the fact that, that Daniel Bryan has the newest catchphrase in wrestling these days? Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, I think it's great, actually. I think uh, on SmackDown, when he did this whole thing with, with AJ, instead of saying, you know, will I ever find it in my heart, he should have said, no! No! <laughs> no! Instead of just the one no, but uh, I was kind of waiting for that, sir. But I think it's great, and they did a poll on WWE.com. And the yes is more popular than the what. And I've always right. hated what, 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 which are morons. Morons say what? I've always hated that, sir, so I'm glad that yes is going to take over. Yeah, another match that's on the card that, to be honest with you, serves no purpose or interest, to be honest with you. They fought at WrestleMania, Randy Orton versus Kane. We had Kane oh. win that match, surprisingly, at WrestleMania. Now these two fight in a false count anywhere. Paul Bear made an appearance last night on Raw, sir. Did you see him in the freezer? Yes, I did, and uh, I was surprised to see Paul. I thought he was dead. I know they've done that whole Paul Bear being dead thing about 20 different times, so I honestly was a little surprised that they brought him back. But, uh, you know, it's a WWE. I guess nothing should surprise us there. So would you say that Randy Orton wins this match since uh, Kane won at WrestleMania? I'd say he's got to win this match, and I'd say that it's a complete waste of time. And money by the WWE. This is a terrible feud. The Paul Bear thing was idiotic, and the fact is, the WWE has just lost their damn mind with these guys there. <laughs> and then finally on the card, we'll, we'll talk about the the free paper, the free match that's before the pay per view. But you have the Intercontinental Championship match, Big Show versus Cody Rhodes. Um, you know this makes sense because Cody Rhodes was the Intercontinental Champion going into WrestleMania, and now he gets his rematch at Extreme Rules. I think Cody Rhodes is probably going to regain that Intercontinental title considering it's extreme rules and you might have some outside interference. Any interest in this match, sir? Uh, no, not really. You know, they did what they, <laughs> what they had to. <laughs> they, did, <laughs> they did what they had to with the other pay-per-view at WrestleMania. I enjoyed that. Um, you know, the, the only reason to give Big Show the title was because and I don't understand people hate the Big Show so much. I mean, he's always been entertaining. He's always been a good talent. The fact is that, you know, he's going to have every major title in the WWE, which is kind of, which to me is a good thing. Um, you know, you get this guy over, he's, he's always, like I said, he's always been popular. So I'm just glad to see that he, you know, got his due. He, you know, he loses the title, I don't care. He was Intercontinental Champion. People going nuts over the U.S. title, the mid-card titles, the IC title. fact is, nobody cares about them. Vince doesn't care about them. Why should we? The titles are totally meaningless and irrelevant. So if they give it back to Cody, who cares? If they don't, who cares? I honestly think that Cody should go forward and go for the World Heavyweight Championship. But, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens, sir. We will. Before we uh, end the Extreme Rules, I just want to let the fans know out there that there will be a free match on YouTube prior to the actual pay-per-view going on air at 7.30. We will have the U.S. title on the line on YouTube Santino Morella takes on The Miz. That's how far The Miz has fallen, sir. He's on pre-shows, pre-pay-per-view shows, taking on Santino Morella for the U.S. title. I'm not sure if this is just going to be entertainment, one of those like 10-minute spot fests, or if The Miz takes the U.S. title and legitimizes it again. Well, I don't see anything being legitimate in the current WWE landscape as far as the titles. I mean, let's talk about this for a second. Look at what they do with the Divas title. I don't know if Beth is legitimately hurt or they're just doing it as an angle to kind of give her some rest and, and kind of get that over with, but 
she lost to Nikki Bella last night in a joke of a match. Uh, it looks like the the Bellas are going to be on their way out of the company. So I'm going to have to say that Mr. Exclusive himself, Mr. Justin Labar, has a great theory. And I, I would, if I was a betting man, I'd bet the house. I think Karma's going to be coming back. I think she's going to destroy Nikki and Brie, send them out of the company as only the WWE knows how to do. You know, when guys leave, they get injured, or girls, they get injured on the way out. So I believe Karma's going to come, and she's going to take the title after she destroys Nikki Bella, and they're going to save her and Beth for, you know, a big pay-per-view down the line there. Right. So, folks, Extreme Rules is this Sunday, April 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as DG would always introduce the time. Sir, one more wrestling nugget from both of us, because we were both on assignment this past Friday. I want to ask you first, tell the wrestling audience, tell us what is going on. You were on assignment. ECPW, break that down for us. That's right, folks. East Coast Pro Wrestling. And uh, it was some good stuff. I'm actually going to be doing some some work for them on the side. Uh, very excited. Very excited about this. I know that Hans over here is uh, is on hold with us, so we'll get to him. He can stay on hold. Yeah, he can know his role. He can shut his filthy hole. But aside right. from that, uh, yeah, ECPW did some good stuff there. I'm going to be doing some uh, some work, and I'm going to be getting us. You know, if this thing pans out, sir. I'm going to be getting some. Uh, I'm going to be getting some guests on the show. They've had big name people like Chavo Guerrero, like. Little Guido, Kevin Nash is going to be at one of their shows. It's going to be some good stuff, sir, so I'm excited about that. Um, good. And yeah, like I said, I'm going to try to get us some, some guests. It's going to be it's going to be exciting, and I hope so, sir. I, ho- I hope so. That's good. I mean, East Coast Pacific Wrestling, I do recall that back in way back when, in 1995. I know they started out, you said in 92, but in 95, they actually had an event uh, where I grew up in Belleville, and they had um you know they had a pretty decent card i mean i don't remember anybody famous from there but you know east, east coast pacific wrestling has been around for a while so uh only good stuff for you sir and hopefully everything works out for you oh wrestling you fool not pacific wrestling <laughs> what i say the pacific is on the other side of the country what what's wrong with you first of all and second oh. of all um you know they had guys like Ezekiel Jackson they've had some big name guys come out of there little guido as a matter of fact ECW Legend uh, did come out of there as well, sir. Right. And for me, sir, like I said, good luck to you. And hopefully everything works out with ECPW. But for me, we, I mean, I don't remember when we had this guy on, but maybe almost eight, nine months ago, we had Mike Amos Wright Jones from the NWS, National Wrestling Superstars, yeah. uh, come on the show, talk about him being a referee. And actually, I grew up with the kid, went to high school with him, graduated with him in 95. And I went to an event in Kearney, New Jersey, this past uh, Friday, and I actually got to meet the one, the only, big, sexy Kevin Nash. And, uh, yeah, he's tall, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Was it sexy, too? <laughs> he, um, believe it or not, sir, uh, I only, you know, I, I really rushed out of the house because um, I had a long Friday. So I rushed out of the house with $20, and that's all I really had on me. Only they only do take cash, so I I was only able to buy my ticket. But you know, Nash was there at the uh, autograph table selling uh, pictures of himself. You know, when he was when he was Diesel, when he was Nash, when he was uh, whatever he whatever else he was for twenty dollars a picture, and I thought that was a little absurd. So I didn't buy a picture, but I was able to, to snap a picture with him. 
be honest, sir. It's because you're a cheap slob. I mean, that's the absolute truth. And, uh, you know, most of these guys, hell, they sell their pictures for much more than that. So you should you should have been, you know, begging like a dog to get Nash's autograph. And all I want to know yeah. is, sir, before we close this out, did you get him to come on the show? Did you get him to agree or what? Um, That's still TBD, sir, TBD. Yeah, TBD. Speaking of TBD and speaking no. of TBD. What? Sir, what? we'll be right back. Now it's time for some entertainment talk here on Pure Gold. Thank you to the wonderful uh, Anna Rodriguez for that. And we are joined by the one and only, the amazing, the incomparable, the useless Hans, our uh, quote-unquote entertainment reporter. Hans, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing fabulous, sir. Thanks for calling in as always. So last week we had John. We discussed some movies. We discussed a bit about the Avengers. We didn't have a lot of time because we were we were going through our many issues at the studio. But since today we are not in the studio, since today, sir, we are actually and we out of your homes. Yeah, out of our homes. Let's talk to you a bit more about what we were discussing, sir. Let's talk about the upcoming movies, the summer blockbusters, sir. Break it down for us. Let's start with. The Avengers. Give us your take on that. Well, <clears throat> we should really only concentrate on The Avengers since it's coming out next week. Oh, wait, you, so, you lost your voice now? Seriously, you're calling in my show and you're losing your voice? Is, is that what you've sung to, sir? Yeah, basically. And you love it. <clears throat> so, anyways... <laughs> Uh, we, we should really talk about the Avengers, like I said, since it's coming out next week. We um, should. I don't know what, what what's your take on them coming out with the Avengers when they've only released two or three of their their characters as individual movies. Well, two or three of their characters. What the hell are you talking about? They had Iron Man, well, two Iron Man. They had a Captain America movie. They had a Thor movie. But Iron Man doesn't yeah, count two. as two movies. It's still one character. Two movies on the same character that set up this movie, you fool. I, the, and, and I mean, the Hulk doesn't count because they, they have to reboot the Hulk movies. But they're not going to do a Hawkeye movie. They're not going to do a Black Widow movie. I mean, they did all the main characters that you care about. I think it's great. I, I, I honestly don't understand what, what your deal is and, and what you're smoking because the truth of the matter is, they're, they're, who do you expect them to make movies out of, sir? Did I, I say you know, I had a big deal with it? I was asking your opinion. Yeah, your Did you opinion, not hear my question? Your opinion is stupid, first of all, and idiotic, so I want to know, what is your opinion on it? Let's talk about that. Since I didn't have an opinion. You're the only one that brought up an opinion. Listen, I'm giving you your opinion. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you, first of all. And second of all, get that, get to the point. What, what, tell, talk to us about the Avengers. Do you think it's a good idea that they made these movies? Did you want to see a Hawkeye movie? Did you want to see a, I don't know, Nick Fury movie? I mean, I mean talk to me. I really don't care about Nick Fury or uh, Black Widow or whatever her name is, but a Hawkeye movie would have been good. Set, set something up for him. It? Other than you, who would go see a Hawkeye movie? You would go see it. <laughs> You're telling me you wouldn't go see it? I, I first of all, I don't like Jeremy Renner. You know, I'm always going to remember him as that that toolbox from uh, from SWAT. So I'm not a big fan of his. I, I didn't even like him in Mission Impossible Four, and that was a great movie. So, no, I, I would not go see a Hawkeye movie. I'm not going to go see a, a, you know, B-list Marvel superhero. I mean, you obviously have no taste, and you'll go watch anything. So, 
But let's be honest about that. <laughs> you, you still there, Hans? Huh? <laughs> I'm always here. Joe, you going to put uh, your two cents in, or are you going to complain about them canceling Ghost Rider on TV? You mean Knight hey, Rider? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you mean Knight Rider, sir, not Ghost Rider. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Nicolas Cage uh, really sucked at that movie, so I didn't really like Ghost Rider. <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't think the Avengers has gotten enough hype. Like, you know, the the Dark Knight Rises. I think everyone's talking about that movie. I think nobody's really talking about the Avengers. What do you think, Hans? I mean, has it gotten the hype that it really needs? I think it has. I I think it's uh, it's going to do as well as any of the other superhero movies that that have come out in the past, but um, I believe that Dark Knight has gotten a lot more hype only because it's only released two trailers so far in about a year span, and they've been building it up, especially since Nolan's telling everybody this is his last Batman movie. Uh, Christian Bale says this is his last movie, even though the studio already has plans on continuing the series without Christian Bale and with only Nolan's input, probably as an executive producer, behind-the-scenes kind of guy, nothing major. So I think you're right. Dark Knight has been or is going to be bigger because of um, because it hasn't gotten as much airplay as these other movies. And I don't think it, Dark Knight really doesn't need to have a commercial on every day, every single hour. It's going to do well with or without that. I think it does. I think, as a matter of fact, it should be on every every other commercial. It should be a Dark Knight commercial. That's just my opinion. You know, for take that for what it's worth. Which is nothing because your words mean nothing. <laughs> Such an angry, angry man. I, I think you need a hug, sir. I really think you need a hug. As a matter of fact, you know what? You're in such a horrible, rotten mood. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do you a favor, sir. <laughs> that, that was just for you. As a matter of fact, you're the. Yeah, you feel a little bit better about yourself, sir. Now, all right. I actually do feel a, a lot better now. What do you mean you don't agree with me? Do you know who you're dealing with? Talking about the Avengers, I've actually heard a lot about the Avengers in the uh, the back channels, as it were. People think it's going to be making close to that Dark Knight money. What do you think about that, sir? Nah, it'll never make Dark Knight money. Dark Knight will will supersede any movie coming out this summer. It's it's Batman. It's the last Batman, the last good Batman movie that they'll probably make. Because you you know how studios are when they go past three movies, they they begin to suck. That's true. Joe, what about you? What do you think? You think that Batman is going to make uh, $3 billion this year? Is it going to, is it going to erase the national debt, sir? <laughs> it probably will. What, what I want to know is if Avengers makes, let's just make up a number. If, if Avengers this weekend or in, in general, in total, 
makes about $200 million. Are they going to come out with, like, Avengers 2, Avengers 3, or is this a one-and-done movie uh, series? I think um, all all the actors are signed on for a three-movie picture deal, which seems very standard nowadays for for these type of movies. So if it does as well as they think it's going to, there probably will be a sequel. Well, Chris Evans was... Chris Evans was signed to a six-picture deal. Three as Captain America and three as uh, as Iron Man. So, you know, I mean, I, I definitely would be surprised if they don't make at least two of these. I'm sure the movie's going to do great. It's probably, it's not going to do Dark Knight, I agree with you, but I think it'll make a ton of money, and I think that people will be into it. And I think that since it's a team movie versus the concept of, of uh, Batman, which is just one guy, I think it's going to appeal to a different spectrum of the comic book audience. And, and on top of that, it's also going to appeal to a different segment of society because maybe they're thinking, oh, Batman, a little dark, but let's do this, let's do something a little bit more uh, lively and colorful. And considering how good, you know, Thor did and how good Captain America did in the Iron Man movies, I do believe it's going to be a huge hit, and, and they're definitely going to make a part two no matter how it does. Did you say Thor? How, how do you feel about um, them switching the Thor. Hulk character? Bruce Banner, oh, that is. I want to punch Mark Ruffalo in the face. I hate him. I loathe him as an actor. I think he's awful. I think Edward Norton was the perfect Hulk. They made a bad Hulk movie with Eric Bana. They made a great one with Eric, uh, with uh, Edward Norton. Mark Ruffalo's terrible. I mean, I, I actually hate it, and I'm probably going to... I don't even know. I'm probably going to close my eyes when Hulk is on the screen because uh, he sucks. I, I absolutely think he's the worst choice they could have ever made there. What about you, Joe? What do you think about that? I agree. So... G.I. Joe 2. <laughs> G.I. Joe 2. Is that, when's that coming out, Hans? Let me uh, inform me. Uh, I believe that's coming out sometime in June. I don't have the exact date on me right now, yeah. but it is in June. Would, would you say that that movie, just because The Rock is in it, is going to just do much better than the first one? I think it's going to do much better than the first one because those stupid suits are gone. <laughs> So you remember that we went to we actually went to go see that together. What what a horrible movie that was. I remember falling asleep to it. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Uh, this movie's gonna be much better. The Rock is gonna be the starring character. So, I mean, I've already gotten to this whole thing before, and I know Hans knows this, but if they kill off the Duke character, I will not be a happy man. But when I see that trailer, I can't help but think this is gonna be an awesome movie, considering that they do have my all-time favorite GI Joe, which is Flint as one of the starring characters. I think it's going to be awesome, and, and no matter what they do, I mean, it could show, it could show Rock taking a nap for half the half the movie. Um, I think it's going to be much better than the first movie. That comes out in June, correct, Hans? You said uh, June 29th. June 29th. Now, between GI Joe 2 and um, this coming week, uh, Avengers, what other blockbusters are out there again? I mean, we rushed through the whole thing last week, and we apologize for that. We have some time tonight, so what other shows do, what other movies are coming out in between? Well, Hunger Games is still out there. Um, right. Let's see. The Dark, Dark Knight Rises. They have, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, the Avengers, uh, Dark Knight Rises. They still have uh, like I said, Hunger Games out. And there's really nothing. Oh, The Dictator, if you like that uh, comedy, 
Battleship, which is going completely suck, so I don't know why they did that. Uh, Men in Black 3. Right. Awful movie. Yeah, great. Uh, Did did you go watch Hunger Games by chance, uh, Hans? Yes, I did. I loved it. Yeah, I was going to say, and DG, did you? No, I was too busy eating some food. I couldn't watch Hunger Games. Sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah, the irony of him eating food during Hunger Games. uh, It's unbelievable. (laughs) No, I I do want to see it, though. I mean, Hans told me about it. Told me that it's not really bloody or anything, and it's a PG-13 movie. But I've heard I've heard great things about it. It was top of the I think for the first three weeks that it was out, it just got knocked off uh, this past weekend. So you know, once Avengers comes out, it's gonna blow every other movie away. So I'm looking forward to that. And Hunger Games, like Hans said, was was definitely a big hit. And Hans, uh, I mean, besides that, there's uh, yeah. the Snow White movie coming out. The other Snow White movie, not the one with uh, Julia Roberts in it. Yep. Uh, there's also the Alien prequel, Prometheus. Oh, you're going to love that, huh, DG? Oh. I, I mean, it's your favorite movie of all time. I have a cameo in the movie, actually. I get eaten by an alien, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna by be Sigourney great. Weaver? <laughs> yeah, by Sigourney Weaver, exactly. They actually have Ridley Scott, who directed the original Alien, is directing this movie. And he said that it kind of takes place in an alternate universe, so I don't even know if they're going to call it or refer to quote-unquote alien, but I, I do believe that the uh, alien makes an appearance, so it should be it should definitely be a good movie. You have Michael Fassbender, who played Magneto. No, wait, no, 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 wait a second. No, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. First of all, wait a second. First of all, wait a second. Wait a second, David, for a second. Let me stop. Wait a second. Are you done with the stupid sound bites there? Are you done? Yes. Listen, Hans, uh, we're coming out to the to the close of the show. We only have about two minutes left. Uh, what movie, again, are you looking forward to the most this summer, and why? Well, besides uh, <laughs> time, Dark Knight Rises, I'm really, really excited to, to go see Abraham Lincoln, the Vampire Hunter, and the remake of uh, Spider-Man that comes out in July. Joe's gonna like Abraham Lincoln because that's his all-time favorite president. I mean, he he was born when Abe was still in office, so that, that should be that should be a great movie. <laughs> considering it's a biography. Maybe next time, Hans. Maybe next time when we have you on, you can break down the Man of Steel and uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. Abraham Lincoln's sure, no autobiography. Good stuff. Listen, sir. Thank you so much. Make sure you go get uh, dressed like a vampire and, or dressed like Abe Lincoln when you go see that movie. Hans, as always, a pleasure. Yours, of course. Thanks for joining us there. Have a good night, guys. Folks, that was the one and only Hans joining us. And uh, let me <laughs> let me just <laughs> as we as we close out the show here. Hey, everyone. This is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011, and Pure Gold is the best show on the radio. So make sure you tune in. Check out the latest in entertainment, news, and sports. Folks. Gotta say, JB, great show as always. We wrapped it up in an hour, nice and smooth. For those of you out there, make sure you tune in next Wednesday. We're hopefully we'll be back to our scheduled time in the studio. Hope so. Eastern <laughs> <laughs> Standard Time for JB. This is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, every everybody. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure gold.
Good night, everyone.